0: podcast, I am joined by my very good friend, uh, Yvonne Matsk. Uh She is um, a prolific um, channel individual. I call you a woman, although you are a woman. Um, and, uh, and I've known Yvonne for a few years now, and, uh, and there's lots of things that... Um, that we we've talked about over the years and lots of things that we're talking about now and doing together. And so I wanted to have her on to talk about channel generally and um, and realistically, you know, what what's what are the challenges moving forward, and um, not just for channel but relationships and uh, in channel business relationships and um, and also networking. So welcome, Yvonne. Thank you, Haley. It's um yeah grateful for you asking me to come along. So thank you. No worries at all. So because we have. We've had lots of people on actually uh, on these podcasts and they're from, some are from channel, some are not from channel. But I always like to understand where people have have come from. How have they gotten to be where they are today, in other words? Because I think the common denominator with all of the guests that we've had is that whatever industry that they're in and specifically tech, they've just landed in it. They felt sort of fortuitous that they just happened to go, oh, turned a corner and oh, there we are. In the channel or the tech industry so talk talk us through that tell us how you got involved in channel what you know how did you get to where you are today
1: so interestingly because i get asked this question quite a lot as you can imagine we all do when um, we do any sort of interview or, or panel event and my journey was quite different i actually always loved tech Mm-hmm. Um, so I started line programming, a com- Sinclair Spectrum 48K <laughs> computer. Most people won't ever even know what that is, when I was um about nine years old. And so that was my first insight into technology and absolutely loved it. But I didn't actually end up in tech until much later on in my career. I always knew, however, I enjoyed people and I'm, you know, quite a nosy person. In, you know, my husband always thinks I interrogate people, but I've all I knew I always wanted to work with people um, or around people. So um, I wanted a, I always wanted a sales career. So I had quite a colourful sales career, I suppose. Um, Aren't all um, some most
0: colourful?
1: Oh yes, yes, um, most are. I started um, as a sales coordinator for a car seamless manufacturer. Um, ended up then becoming a holiday rep, which was amazing. I think I got all my life skills doing that. From there, I sort of moved to London, got my first proper sales job, which was working for Thompson Directories. And then it was at that point where I really wanted to get into tech. And I just because I think with technology, you're either either interested in how it works or what it does. So I think for me, my fixation with tech moved from how it works to more what it can do for you. And I think because these, this was the area when the iPhone was coming out, the internet was born, it was a really exciting time. And I thought, right, that is definitely an area that I'd like to get into. However, you know, like with a lot of industries, it's quite challenging without the experience. So I ended up um, going to recruitment consultant and saying, that this is what I want to do. And then they hired me for the recruitment agency so which was but they they actually did recruit for people in IT sales so my customers were resellers basically and it was one of my customers that gave me my first opportunity to get into a technology sales role um and a great company called Genesis Enterprise still very good friends with them today and that was my first ever exposure to tech sales um Loved it. Moved on from that. Then um, built the Cisco practice there for them. Got the, loved Cisco. That was my real passion for tech was Cisco when they sort of launched the you know the wireless infrastructure and video conferencing was coming out at that time. I'm talking 20 years ago now. I'm like yeah. I know people just think it's only just ex- you know <laughs> existed because of the pandemic, but obviously it's been around a lot longer than that. Um And it was because of that role that Kelway took an interest in me um, to build their Cisco business which I did and as that grew I just sort of grew with it and loved the partner relationship side Um, they asked me to take over the relationships for all of the technology vendors which I did about five years ago until I left um, last year so that's it does that give you a good sort of
0: Brilliant! I, actually, I didn't know that you were. Um, I didn't know that you'd had a stint in recruitment, but I. Yeah, I think sometimes when you work in channel, it is a little bit like um, working in recruitment because you've got kind of your, your client and your customer. Your client, you sort of your, your client rather, and your, your candidate. So you're sort of sat between the two. And I suppose it's a bit similar to to vendors and partners. Um, but no, that's um, it's, it's a rich career history that yeah. it's on. But um, begs an obvious question though. But why stop? Why come
1: I out of it? What? Okay, yeah, it's, that's another really good question. So I think, for me, I'd just reached a point in my career where I felt like I'd done enough in the role I was in. Mm. I'd got to a position where I'd achieved so much, and my top sort of personality is I like to constantly challenge things, keep moving forward, see what else I can do. Um, and it came to a point in time where also I was just travelling so much, Mm. that I decided I need to take a step out and just spend a bit more time um, at home. Mm. Um, ironically, when I made that decision, who could ever have predicted it would be, I would be leaving at the start of a global pandemic, but <laughs> hey, it was what it was. Um, so I never really intended to come out necessarily full time. yeah. I only wanted to sort of take some time out just to really start to think about what was next for me. Yeah. And it was on that journey um, that I decided to do a coaching accreditation, fell in love with it, thought, oh my God, this is amazing. This is what I've literally found my purpose here. Not only can I take all my industry experience and knowledge, but I can apply it with all these coaching skills mm. and help way more people than I could just going back into another senior leadership position at another corporate. So mm. that's why I sort of decided that I've got this perfect opportunity to do something completely different. Mm. I loved being at home with my little one. I love the flexibility of being able to do what I wanted. So I thought, you know what, what's the worst that can happen? Mm. I've got to give it a go. And then um, hence the coaching business.
0: Well, I don't need to be convinced that doing something on your own is a good idea, Yvonne, so I'm back you all the way, of course, I did, and I have done, obviously. Um, but, but why coaching? I mean, when you think about it, when I think about it, you come, you started within tech, you like breaking things and fixing them and, and getting involved, and um, and then it is more about the people, and, it, and for me, it's always about the people. But surely you've had enough of people at the point that you wanted to take a hiatus um, to go into coaching people and helping people, I mean, whilst that's fantastic, because I think you know we could all deal. I think there's an awful lot of need for for what you're doing, coach, air which I want you to talk about a bit more in a minute. But why why coaching? What was it about the idea of coaching, and, and what what drew you to it?
1: I think for me, I've always been driven by seeing others be successful. My biggest reward for doing my job was seeing other people flourish in their career and grow as a person and I think obviously when you're a leader of division you can only do that with a small number of individuals Mm. so I could then be able to apply all of that passion and purpose to a much bigger number of individuals and try and take that across a broader set of clients and help mm. much more people doing it that way than I could again like just taking another leadership position
0: yeah brilliant and you do it so well so tell me about coach chair and what is it that you do because there are many different as I've, I've learned from experience there are many different types of coaches um, and some people some people then um, confuse coaching and mentoring and you know is it specific areas of a business you coach or specific disciplines what do coach chair do
1: so I think, you know, it was born again out of the fact that I've got a very strong passion for women in tech as well. Yeah. So because, as you know, Haley, because you are one, you know, we're very still, unfortunately, the minority. And I wanted to take, again, the experiences that I would personally had as a woman in the tech industry and apply that to one of my sort of core focus areas. So um, we coach women in tech, also um, high potential type individuals so people are sort of on that trajectory they're they're new managers they're make, um, making that next sort of step into a senior leadership position um, or they suffer from things like imposter syndrome lack mm. of confidence all of the typical challenges that women tend to have that men don't seem to as much Um, Partner management as well. So because obviously I've got a lot of experience of the channel and building go to market business strategy um, plans for partners, um, that also seemed like a really good sweet spot for us. So um, partner management is another focus area. Um, And we've also created a channel course, which is for the channel Um, leaders or go to market you know people that sort of run work in their partner management type function or they're a person that wants to understand how to build an ecosystem or a go to market strategy encompassing lots of different third parties and how to build differentiate your value Mm -hmm. Um, so that's another area that we've we've created as, as part of the journey
0: what what do you do you use a platform to to assess people and what are what are the the metrics or the kind of um levels I mean do you use any sort of profiling yes actually I'm glad you've asked that question
1: because um well as you know because we've we've done it together I'm really passionate about this profiling tool called leading energy and again as part of my um journey on the coaching accreditation this was something that I got exposed to and fell in love with so Um, A lot of profiling tools that are out there, they give you a really good insight into who you are. But that's about it. Mm. Whereas the Leading energy one not just gives you a really good understanding and and heightened self-awareness. It also gives you the ability to adapt your own personal style to have much more effective relationships and communication with other individuals that Mm. aren't necessarily like you um so the yes so I use that in all of um all of my coaching assignments because I think the better I know someone the more I can help them yeah um and the other thing I think I love about it is not just the awareness about yourself but also what it does it teaches you how other people perceive you in Mm. times of certain stress and um in certain situations which was also a real um sort of light bulb moment for me I was like oh my gosh that's amazing I'd often been told that I was quite intimidating and scary and I was like what's me I'm the most least intimidating scary person I know but then once i had done the profiling tool it clearly laid out if I was to meet somebody that was completely opposite to me yeah and I was in a place of frustration or pressure or stress because I was really busy and they approached me without me having an opportunity to sort of calm my energy down, then I could actually come across as quite intimidating and scary. It's like, oh my God. That is like that is so bizarre. Because yeah, it it was so that was so all of these culmination of different things made that um it was it's invaluable to me as a tool to be able to use either independently um with people because I think even just doing a leading energy session is invaluable just on its own but Mm. it's part of a program in terms of enable me to help them on their journey and help me understand them better it's you know it's it's incredible
0: yeah and I like the term leading energy because I what I don't like about other profiles and I know that we went through this exercise is that it's a way of compartmentalizing who you are as an individual and I think we all we all want to have an identity and to see ourselves in some form of box or relate to something which is why we some of us read our stars or you know we we, we, we sort of want to, want to find that kind of um parity I suppose but I like this because we're not always just one energy it's the it's the majority that you're leading with so your your decision making is often that way your personality is based on that particular energy profile which is really quite interesting but it doesn't need to say that you don't have any of the others so so I I really enjoyed that and I think that that is helps your emotional intelligence in business doesn't it you know and i think that that that's going to be invaluable to them because it sort of helps them um network better and understand you know when they're having conversations whether it be online or whether it be face-to-face on, on and how, how to um, better network better better build relationships but how do you work on that basis what are the programs that you have you talked about a channel program that you have um what does that entail and, and what are you what's the kind of sweet spot for you when you're doing sort of more group activities
1: so the channel course so um can be done again individually or as part of a group um, especially if they're in the same organization and that entails leading energy profile as part of the course because it's all about how to to your point how to build better more effective relationships and how to adapt to your own style to accommodate other people because as you quite rightly pointed out remembered Haley, which is brilliant um yes we are all born with one dominant energy but we do have all four and we are a, you know that does give us choice over how we want to come across and how to be perceived um it also incorporates um, a value blueprint which is something that we created off the back of all the experience that's been generated over the years of doing this ourselves Mm. Um, and a mythology that you can follow to build a successful business plan and then more importantly get it signed off to go and execute against because Mm. i think the biggest thing that people always fail to remember to do is a get the right level of sponsorship and then figure out how they're going to execute it um you know so that's that was really the critical components of it for us Um, so that's the the channel side and then you have the sort of leadership program which is with the group sessions which you can do group coaching Mm -hmm. so you might have a specific challenge or an issue that you want to you know develop against or improve upon but leading energy again is something that you is really effective in a group session especially as a team environment because if you understand everybody else's energy as a team you Mm. can work out how you can effectively work better together Mm. because like we talk about diversity in many sense and forms but it's no different the better diverse thinking you have Mm. the better results you're going to get yeah so as long as you know and it's a really good way of figuring out who within your organization has what dominant energy types Mm. and if you're lacking of any of those how you can step those up to to make sure that you're complementing all of them and you know you're thinking about everything as you know you're not leaving anything on the table
0: yeah and I think that 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 helps people who say um, I'm not very good at, at building relationships, or I'm 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 not great at the networking side. But actually, everybody is. It's just understanding how to do it, and I suppose you know just just that internal gazing and understanding where you're coming from and where others are coming from. That's just really what's needed. And taking time. You touched upon diversity there, and because you're not busy enough with coaching. <laughs> uh you decided um to to set up the channel community tell us about the channel community and I, obviously i would we can talk about this at great length because i'm obviously involved in it but tell us why the starting point of that what's the aim what do you want to what do you want to achieve so
1: again through i think through my time at cdw and in the role of part man, management and then also through my coaching it highlighted a point that there are a number of roles and positions in our industry that are quite solitary. Mm-hmm. I.e. there's only one person that may do them within an organisation. Um, that combined with the fact that when you start your business can be quite lonely.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: as in, again, not as in lonely as in you feel on your own all the time, but in terms of making decisions and having someone to bounce ideas off, because mm-hmm. you go from leading a team where you part of something to Mm. on your own, responsible for everything, which is amazing in one way, but also can be a total disaster in another. Like the fact that I registered probably about 25 domain names when I started because (laughs) no one said I couldn't, which which is great, but obviously quite costly. Um, So also to the fact that when I was um, in my previous role, I valued the community that I'd met, like yourself, at events where we'd share um we'd talk about stuff that was independent of our own organizations but was relevant to us about maybe the vendor or a distributor or a certain challenge that we could we could talk about and that would generally happen at a dinner or at a bar at a conference and, mm-hmm. and then it was where do you go from there that combined with the fact that um coaching can have quite a cost to it and is only generally given to sort of senior or high potential type of individuals, how could I create something that fills all of those voids? Yeah. Hence the channel community. Um that's when I came up with the the concept and you were, I think, the first person I phoned once I'd got this idea to help me come and create it, which I'm so pleased yeah. that you did. So thank you for that.
0: No, I love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I mean, look, from from my point of view, um, the, the channel is all about community anyway. I think that we'd love to suggest that we are, you know, influencers and, and unique in what we do. The reality is we're not, and I think that everybody has um their own vulnerabilities and i i i genuinely think that the community should be about sharing vulnerabilities and being okay with that and then looking at how we can learn from them because businesses nowadays in my opinion focus far more on culture and people than they ever have done i think what the pandemic has shown us is that we've got we've we've had that time to slow down and navel gaze slightly what do we want to get from our jobs what do we want to get from our family we can't live our life backwards or turn the clock back like you very much did to spend time with with Lexi a bit more as well and have that work life balance I think that that's that shouldn't be shamed that should be applauded and certainly encouraged um and so I think the whole coaching and community thing helps because businesses generally anyway and I think anybody's career have the same similar issues whether that's to do with networking to do with skill sets it's to do with you know hiring people and where do I go on my next career journey you know how do I get there who do I talk to Uh, what is out there for me when I only only like doing xyz in my job Um, you know and, and we shouldn't be frightened to actually approach our companies and say hey big or small companies, by the way, this is for everybody. Um, why don't we do this role? You know, I've got this skill set, this skill set, here, here's my proposition. And I think we need to encourage more of that entrepreneurial and leadership capability. Um, so tell everybody who's who, who's listening that's still not sure about the channel community what the main objective is, because I think... When when we talk about mentors and mentees, um, and I know from talking to people, we know from talking to people, it eludes quite a few people. Oh, I'm I'm not ready for a mentor yet. I, I don't think I've got enough to give or enough. To, I don't know what I want. Mentors might think, or oh, got to be a certain level to mentor. Um, mentees might also think I'm too senior to need a mentor. I know everything, or I should know everything. <laughs> um, by the way, none of us do. <laughs> no. So so what um what's what's the kind of nuts and bolts of it all? So I think, you know,
1: there's so many myths around or different types of understanding of what coaching is versus mentoring and sort of misunderstood the differences. And they are very different, by the way. Mm. Um, I think coaching is very much where you pull information from somebody and you sort of push the boundaries of how they think about things. Yeah. Um, and it's a bit like a sparring partner, a little bit like a coach that you would go and get at the gym.
0: Yeah. Very yeah.
1: different. Um they push you to the point you know of your performance that they are constantly improving whereas a mentor is more of an advisor a trusted friend somebody that you could go to as a confidant um to ask opinion on something and mm-hmm. advice on certain situations or challenges that you may be facing mm-hmm. um, and again, and it can be, there's so many different variations of the relationships that you can have as a mentor and mentee. It can be an official relationship where it's more formal, where you say, right, we're gonna have monthly, one to you know, hourly sessions and we're gonna talk about these sorts of things. Or it can just be ad hoc, as and when you might need someone just to yeah. share an idea with, as yeah. I do with you on occasion, yeah. you know. You know, but sometimes you don't even need to put a label on it. It's right. just Yeah. And I think that was again, Hayley, why I asked you to get involved because even though it's not labelled like that, you know, I know that I could always call upon you for advice if I needed it. And I've got I'm very fortunate I have a network of people that I could always do that with. Not everyone has that. Yeah, true. So where do you go to for that? You know, and anyone can be mentored. Yeah. Anyone can be a mentor as well and yeah. I think I think what the mentees don't understand half the time is the mentor sometimes gets just as much out of the relationship as the mentee
0: absolutely yeah yeah absolutely I think giving back and it there's a there's a question that you get asked you know, what would you what would you tell your 10 year old 15 year old self if you could go back and um and I think that's that's a little bit of something certainly when i mentored um that you, you, you almost feel like you want to, but at the same time you can't live live that those mistakes all over again for them and give them just the end goal. They've got to go through it and be comfortable to make mistakes because we all will. And by the way, we should. Um, um obviously not legal ones, but um but just the that mean you can push the boundaries slightly. So um so yeah I, I I think it's great. I mean look you know from a community perspective I think that my first thoughts and I think I was just trying to put myself in other people's shoes you know why do we need a community if if we've all already a community in, in channel we should already be able to pick up the phones and I think there has been in my experience certain amount of elitism once you hit a certain level that you can't bother with those people who are starting off because it's you don't have time for it it's not It's not something you ever want to think about. Again, you've you've done your time there. You don't want to give back to get it, get that um, totally. Um, But, but, you know, we're already available and pick up the phone. But I think life can get very busy and work life can get very busy that you forget that you've got to give back to the generation underneath you or your industry that you so love and have done so well in will fade because we haven't got the skill set, we haven't got the drive and, and energy and we haven't provided the intelligence needed to to educate people on on what career paths they they're going on and and that's why I, I I was delighted when you asked me to get involved in it because it's it's a super way of just having a no barriers conversation with people. Broaching subjects, stupid questions, which I always ask. By the way, I'm <laughs> very for it. Um, and 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 I think it's and it's working so well so far. So, how many mentors um, do you have? Do we have currently? And uh, how many mentee-mentor relationships are going on right now? We've got twenty
1: mentors, official ones now. So I know there's a few in the pipeline, um, but they're yeah. the ones that are sort of ready to go on the website and. Um, either currently mentoring somebody or available to mentor somebody and I believe we're at seven official mentor mentee relationships which to be you know I'm extremely pleased with bearing in mind we've only had this launched what six weeks now officially and um, I mean, you, you know how um, painful and challenging some of the admin has been yes. just in terms of creating some of the process I think that sort of consumed a lot of our time and energy in that period as well so yeah I'm incredibly pleased with where we are and I know that the people that are working together are already getting so much out of that yeah and they would never have been able to find these people without
0: it it wouldn't have been a thought unless unless they got to a certain level and built their own connections and even then you answer your own question before you ask it and think oh they're too busy they're not going to have time for me so which is which is you know an annoyance now the final final thing that i want to touch on because obviously we could talk all day about how amazing the channel community is and and how you know we've we've all of this kind of these soft softer skills we need to start employing more of but you know the impact really we can't ignore the fact the pandemic has been a, a, um, a crazy time for us all we've obviously as an industry done incredibly well but we can't ignore that there's been an awful lot of hardship out there Um and but I as I said to before to you before I think the navel gazing has been really important and, and actually I think it's been a good time to set up a business in-channel especially around the softer skill element because technology isn't just about technology it's about people technology is hard and cold and clinical you know as, as an image and you know the, the softer side the coaching the mentoring the, the relationship building is, is you know is, is, is becoming more and more prominent and I think mental health for me is a big concern um I used to be one of those people who years ago would dismiss it because I didn't want to admit it existed because it was just, a sign of weakness I think we're a generation of on you and I that we used to just get told get on with it pick up your stuff and just crack on fight keep fighting um and I think there is an element of resilience that we do need however mental health awareness is really important what's your take on that and how are you seeing that now you've kind of gone into this area of the softer skill side
1: yeah I, you know like you said I think we are of a generation where you just sort of got on with stuff um but It's definitely become more of an issue that we need to be much more aware of and supportive of and take away a lot of the taboos with it. I think, you know, in my previous role, I had a couple of individuals that may have, you know, probably been trying to hide some of their internal challenges and because of embarrassment. And it shouldn't be because at the end of the day, you've got to be able to talk about it. Yeah, and it's no. If you had, um, if you broke your leg, and you had a plaster, you know, a cast on it, people would would not question it or not have any problem talking about it. But how I look at it, it's no different. Mm-hmm. But it's just your mind is slightly broken. It's just mm-hmm. thinking about things differently, and that's what's causing it. And all these different outside influences can impact how you're feeling. Yeah. Um, but you, by hiding it, you're just going to make it worse. And by not talking about it, it's just going to, you know, culminate and just get worse and worse and worse. So the more we encourage people to the minute they're feeling not quite right. Yeah. And that's something that's different they know that it's safe to be able to have a conversation and people aren't going to judge them for it. Absolutely. And I think there's so much more awareness of it now as well. I think, again, we, we are starting to talk more openly about it and people are more more aware of it. And, um, I mean, I'm very lucky. I don't, you know, I've never experienced it personally. Um, I've had a couple of occasions, I think through grief in my life, where I probably got sure. close to it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the only thing I can say, is my only experience of understanding what people must be going through mm. when they have mental health issues, and if that is what it like, and you know, grief is only short, you know, thankfully, most of it in only a short period of time. If that's how they're feeling over a long period of time, then wow, you know, you really need to just speak up about it and, and go and get help.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. and the world. Sure. is Such a fast-paced world, and so many data feeds are coming in, and expectations on us as individuals that we need to kind of reduce that noise. So um, it's okay to share that nowadays, and I think that that's as an overriding end point. I think it's okay to, to to air your vulnerabilities in a safe space. And, um, and get help, right? Because, you know, we're all there to support one another. We, we were never meant to do this alone, right? So
1: No, 100%. And actually, some of the research that I've been doing as part of the coaching accreditations and because of a lot of the people I coach are women, what's quite interesting is that the female and male brain are very different. Mm. Um, and because of how the male and female brains are different, female brains generally are more active and good at solving multiple problems which is amazing and why we can multitask but also the reason why we overthink and procrastinate and you know which can also lead to heightened anxiety overthinking over worrying yeah etc which so that's the you know women have that as a genetic Mm. point that is different but also guys have the the one thing that men have to deal with is the stereotype that they're not allowed to talk about it. They've got to be a man, this, that and the other. And I think they probably suffer more because they're afraid to talk. And I think that's where we need to focus our efforts more because women generally are good at talking. Right. I know that I'm, you know, we're, we're quite happy to talk about stuff. Whereas I think, Guys generally struggle with that, and I think yeah. a lot of the focus and energy probably needs to be on the men in this instance as opposed to necessarily
0: the women. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a it's everything's idiosyncratic, isn't it? But, um, but you're right, I think everybody has their own level of comfort and their own level of. Coping mechanism, mechanisms. mechanisms I mean, yeah. Being open to that. Look, I mean, we could talk on and on and on, and quite frankly, we probably will after this recording. And I <laughs> it was probably an hour and a half we've had to edit down. <laughs> um, but thank you, Yvonne. Um, I wish you the best of luck with Coach Air. Obviously, Dystology will be using Coach chair moving forward. Um, I'd encourage anybody to reach out to Yvonne and understand a bit more about her coaching practices. She's got oodles of experience, and actually, what you need sometimes is somebody who's actually, you know, uh, wrote the thing the theme tune, sang the theme tune. <laughs> 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 I love it all. Chief cook and bottle washer. Um, and so um yes, thank you Yvonne, you've been a fabulous guest and um I'll can probably continue talking to you after this.
1: <laughs> Take care. Oh, thanks, Henley. It's been great. Thank you. Bye. Bye.